You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You haven't had a drink for over a month? I know, right? That's actually impressive, Ty. I'm proud of you. Morden, Manitoba, 18 churches, one liquor store. (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And of course, we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. It's Travis Cura, Brazilian Thai. And uh, Brazilian Thai, I always seem to have a question for you off the top. And more often than not, it seems to be food-related. And I've become Mm -hmm. more hesitant to ask you food-related questions lately (laughs) because... That's understandable. It's just getting more and more bizarre. I've known you (laughs) since the eighth grade. But I, I feel like doing this podcast and asking these questions, I know you more in the last six months than I have in the past 15 years. So this one, though, I think nobody's saying that's a good answer, thing, though. And I want to know where you're going to go. Would you rather never eat? And I, I'm not going to say, are you going to go vegan? Because that's craziness. But would you rather <laughs> never eat any birds again or never eat any mammals again? Uh. So I struggled with this when when I opened up this the prep because I was like, wow, that's, that's a really good question. And I was like, no, it's easy. It's never eat birds again because bacon. And then my boss had leftover 7-Eleven chicken that he had from lunch, and I had two pieces of that. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I could live without 7-Eleven chicken. But then again, my mind came back to bacon. So, yeah, it's never eat any birds. For me, it's mammals. Oh, you're crazy. I could not give up chicken. I, I can't. I, I couldn't give up pork. I don't have bacon all that much because, honestly, man, if I buy a pound of bacon, it will get eaten in one sitting, and that is not good for me. <laughs> yeah, but but then you can't even get a meat lover's pizza. Oh, crap. Yeah. I'd have to like, get the but, stupid barbecue chicken pizza, which is never as good as it as it sounds. No, never. No, no, it's not. Like, yeah, just think: salami, ham, pepperoni, uh, steak. I don't know, bacon. Uh, there's like pork chops. Oh man! Like, yeah, it's all from one animal. But I can't give up chicken wings, chicken thighs, fried chicken. I could do without chicken breasts, but man, I can't give that up. Well, I, I don't know what I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to change your mind here, but I'm, I'm just saying bacon was the, was the straw that broke the camel's back for yeah, me. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. It's the, that fried. Like, chicken what would you for eat me. for breakfast? Chicken. What would you eat for breakfast? What would I eat for breakfast? Well, right now my breakfasts are actually meatless. That sounds terrible. But there are eggs, so it's not completely. Completely vegan. Yeah, that's a that's basically a bird. Yeah, so exactly. I, mean, I can't give that up. You'd have to give up eggs. Uh, oh man, <laughs> this adds a whole new wrinkle. 
What about if I just eat the egg whites? I guess I guess that would still be legal. Because that because like isn't the yolk the the, the embryo what turned into the yeah I think I don't know. Now I, this is getting crazy. Yeah, like, there's there's people more qualified to talk about this than us. <laughs> Let's hit the sounder. Join two and out for CFL fantasy and CFL pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, first game of the week is uh, a barn burner, probably going to be the game of the week. It is Toronto in Calgary. <laughs> the 3 and 9 Toronto Argonauts are third in the East, Calgary 10 and 2, first in the West. Could it be a trap game for the Stampeders? I somehow doubt it. Calgary's coming off the bye. They're undefeated at home. Toronto has lost four in a row and they're winless on the road. So it does not look good for the Toronto Argonauts in this one. Let's go through some news items for the Argos. They've officially ruled Ricky Ray out for 2018, which obviously is not a much of a surprise. Um, and I'd think at three and nine, even if he was healthy enough to get back on the field, and even if he still wants to try and play next year. It would not be worth it to bring him back for the remainder of this season. Totally agree. Uh, the best they can do right now is nine and nine, and that probably doesn't get them a playoff spot. So it'd be you know chancing an injury for something that it, there's no point. Uh, you know, I, I get wanting to get reps in, but if he could play, I, I wouldn't want to do it right now and possibly face a, a career-ending injury in a meaningless game. Would just be it would it would just be too bitter. The taste would be too bitter to to bear. Quinn Van Gilswick was a uh, draft pick by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, recently got cut by the BC Lions. He was worked out by the Toronto Argonauts, and they had actually planned on signing him after Zach Medeiros missed two key field goals late in the game against Saskatchewan last week. But they did not sign Gilswick after the workout. They ended up sending him home. So I guess that probably didn't go too well for him. And it's more bad news for the Argos, as if they haven't already had enough. Bear Woods is week to week with an injury. It's kind of sad. Bear Woods, he's almost battled injuries a lot in his career. And this mm-hmm. one has almost become a bit of a lost season for him. Uh, and not only just for him, but it just seems for the whole Argos uh, organization kind of except for maybe you know McLeod Bethel Thompson who, who gets a chance uh, to show that you know he he can be a starting quarterback uh, just due to circumstances but you know they come off a, a huge 2017 with a big upset win over Calgary in the Great Cup uh, everything looks like it's kind of like like you know there this year could be more of the same maybe not a juggernaut by any means but you know make the playoffs and have a shot at that going back to the Great Cup, and it just seemed one thing after another for this team. Uh, you know, losing Devere Posey to the NFL uh, for the start of the year didn't didn't help matters either with that offense. And then like Ricky Ray going down, Bear Woods never being 100 percent this year. Uh, the, the kicking woes they've had it's just been a calamity uh, for the entire season, and it just, it just sucks that you know a year after a year removed from a Great Cup champion uh, championship that they they're having a season like this. 
Yeah, Marcus Ball has been hurt. James Wilder didn't is not doing this year what he was doing last year. So it seems like a perfect storm a little bit for the Toronto Argonauts. And I, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but this is probably the worst season Mark Tressman's ever had in the CFL. Uh, that's a pretty safe bet, I would think. Yeah, because, I mean, when he was with Montreal, it was just dominant the entire time. And what I was mm-hmm. hoping for the Argonauts here is that they would have a little bit of momentum um, to at least get more butts in the seats, get more fans in Toronto. And I haven't had a, a look at um, the attendance for this season because I really don't care anymore. The The TV numbers are good. It's not as much of a gate-driven league as it used to be. But the Argos had all this momentum. They they got taken over by MLSE. They had the big rally downtown. They had uh, a, a bunch of people in the stands for uh, the game during the CNE. And then the, the Ryder game just last week looks like, uh, I mean, there were a lot of Ryder fans there too, but people getting mm-hmm. in the stands. But then they follow it up with a season like this. How are they going to get any traction if they're just not playing well? And we just go back to 2013 for the Argos. There's just no consistency with that team. In 13, they were 11 and 7. 14, they were 8 and 10. 15, they were 10 and 8. So that three year stretch isn't bad. 16, they're 5 and 13. Last year, they're 500. And this year, they've only got three wins to start the season. So very inconsistent. It's going to be really hard to attract fans when you're putting a product mm-hmm. on the field like that. Yeah, and winning usually is what can cure that. Of course. Um, let, let's be honest, they didn't play in the greatest stadium. Uh, until the last two years, and even when they uh, go know, to the Grey Cup, they're five hundred. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like th- because Rogers Center was a terrible place to watch a football game, so I mean that that made it a little tough, little tough of a draw. Um, I don't know. Uh, just they they come off a a nine and nine season where they win the Grey Cup, finish first in the division, and they're still struggling uh, at the gate. And then, like you said, now they they start this year three and nine, and you know that's not going to help matters at all. So. It's it's a fickle market. I I don't know if it's if people just don't care about the CFL or if there's just not enough entertainment dollars to go around, but it is somewhat of a problem. Um now you mentioned Mark Tressman. The worst season he ever had was last year and they won the Great Cup. <laughs> wow. At nine and nine. That's so, insane. <laughs> in his six years coaching the CFL he's won three and he's been to four. Wow. So th- this is new territory for Tressman. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, handles the rest of the year. I'm really interested to see how he's handling Duran Carter at the moment. They, they say he's still learning the oh, God. playbook. They're saying he's going to get increased reps against the Stampeders, but have also said he doesn't know the playbook well enough to have a, a large share of the targets in the offense, but you said it on Monday. It just seems like a waste of a roster spot to have him in there then. Yep. It's a complete waste until he's, you know, you got a handle on the playbook. What's why, what, why are you putting him in there? You're really, you're, you're pigeonholing yourself at that point because there's only certain plays you can put him on the field for. And, and he's an, he's a very, very good offensive talent. And, you know, if he's not ready, I don't get it. But, I mean, 
when your dad goes to Ohio State, I can't expect you to be all that smart either. So maybe it takes him a little bit. Uh, one word answer. Nobody said the Big Ten was full of scholars. <laughs> Are you going to have any Argos in your fantasy lineup this week? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, I'm not either. Um, I, I don't know who would you want to start against Calgary in this situation. I really don't recommend it. On the other side of the coin, I would <laughs> not be upset if you had a Stampeder in every slot of your lineup this week. That actually might be a good a good move here. Uh, first of all, do need to mention uh, Mike Labinjo passing away here, former Calgary Stampeder. Uh, linebacker, he 38 years old, and one of the heroes of the 2008 Grey Cup, and I'm sure they're going to be mentioning that and remembering him at mm-hmm. this Friday's game. As for the current team, Don Jackson back at practice, and Terry Williams and Romar Morris were both taking reps at return, so who knows if they're going to actually try and work all three into the roster this week, but Eric Rogers back at practice, Micah Johnson back at practice, just look out <laughs> Toronto this week. <laughs> oh, that's a murderer's row at this point in the year, jeez, Um yeah, Toronto's going to be in tough, and that's probably why we don't have any of them in our fantasy lineups. I uh, I will say I've got Bo Levi Mitchell as my quarterback this week. Uh, which Stampeders do you like? Is the answer all of the above? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm slipping in Reggie Bagleton because he's a cheap option. Uh, you know, Eric Rogers if he's back, uh, if he if he's going to play, then I mean that's almost a no brainer. And then if uh, they figure out what's going to happen with the return game or even Don Jackson. Uh, you know, he averages 14 points. Romar is at 17.3 this year. So, I mean, th- there's lots of guys in this lineup that can produce points. The Toronto Argonauts have been giving up 118.8 rush yards a game on defense. And as for pass defense, 301.3 yards a game. The only team worse than that is the Montreal Alouettes. So Toronto's defense has struggled all year long, uh, Marcus Ball continues to be on the sideline, and now Bear Woods is on the sideline as well. I guess you're picking the Stampeders, right, Brazilian tie? Uh, I am, and I'm picking them to cover 13.5 as well. Uh, that might be a safe bet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought so. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. It's the back half of a home-and-home home between the 6-6 six and six BC Lions and the 6-7 six and seven Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Tiger Cats actually is seven point favorite in this one. I think in BC we might have the real Johnny Football and Jonathan Jennings, judging by what he did last week. So take that, <laughs> Manzel. Uh, BC trades their second round pick in 2019 in exchange for Tyrell Sutton and a third round pick in 2019. Tyrell Sutton free agent after the season. This also means that BC does not have a pick in the first two rounds in next year's draft. Of course, a lot can happen between now and then. Ed Hervey has been wheeling and dealing since he was named general manager last December, but this is a big move for that running game. Are they going to give him the ball, though? That's the real question, because... Oh, you and I both believe that Jeremiah Johnson is a solid running back in this league. 
but they're not giving him the ball. What There was five carries in regulation last game. That's not going to get it done no matter what running back you've got. No, that that is a certainty. Um, if they're going to piggyback these guys off of each other, then they better hope that both of these guys are going to produce. Uh, I don't know why you would bring Tyrell Sutton in and not play him. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I, I don't know if there's something else in the works where you know either Johnson or Chris Rainey are getting moved out, uh, but it seems to me BC's loading up to try to maybe avoid that that crossover spot if at all possible, uh, you know, and try to try to stay in the West, maybe and just secure a playoff spot and bury Winnipeg in the bottom of the of the division. Well, they've got Tyrell Sutton, Jeremiah Johnson, Chris Rainey, and Trayvon Van, all running backs that have had success mm-hmm. in the CFL at one point or another in their careers. So <laughs> there's a lot going on there. I think that Chris Rainey has the talent to be moved out into maybe slot or receiver, kind of like Hamilton has done with Brandon Banks. I really think that Rainey needs to be used more and more on offense, not as the bruising running back, which they've tried to use him at at points this season. Which and which makes no sense to me. The guy's what five foot eight or something like that. Get him into yep. space. I don't get what you're trying mm-hmm. to do by running between the tackles with Chris Rainey. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense for me, but I'm no. a big fan of Tyrell Sutton. Uh, it's going to be, I think, cool to have him in the West Division. Hopefully he gets used, and he's on a possible playoff team, which he hasn't been on a playoff team much in his career. He's one of my favorite running backs in the league to watch. So welcome to the West, Tyrell Sutton. Now it's time to play football. Uh, now I just hope you get yourself the ball <laughs> because, yeah. man, uh, I think BC could be a lot better if they would uh, run the ball a little bit more effectively or at least commit to it a little bit. But that's what <laughs> happens when you got a quarterback as your OC, doesn't it? Yeah, I get a little. There's a chance to get a little pass heavy. I mean, it really worked for Hamilton with Ken Austin. <laughs> hey, man, they were a, a legal block away from winning the Grey Cup. Yeah, and how did it work out last year with them there? And with your boy Zach Caleros too. <laughs> oh, <man>. why, why? <laughs> uh, Manny Arsenault tried to avoid surgery, but. Now he's had it and will miss the rest of the season. So bringing in Devere Posey ends up being a really big move mm-hmm. for uh, the Lions. He had a better game last week. you got to assume he's going to be getting better and better as the season goes on. Seems like Brian Burnham is stepping up, and Jennings really has a good, good rapport with uh, Burnham. So I think the receiving core in BC is just fine. Are you going to be taking any of these Lions against the Tiger Cats this week? Yes. Oh, you will. All right. Who do you got? <laughs> I am taking Brian Burnham because I am the Mike O'Shea of fantasy football, and I am way too faithful to players who produced for me last week. <laughs> You're a player's manager. I guess so. I'm John Gibbons. John Gibbons. Hey, his last game in Toronto was today. Does this mean this is your last week playing fantasy? <laughs> Depending on what you do or what? Well, it depends. Am I going to get kicked out? I actually want to see some uh, John Gibbons Thai interviews, like sitting in a closet with a dip in his uh, cheek. and <laughs> You're basically just describing how I record this podcast. Yeah, that's totally true. But to your point, <laughs> when it comes to Brian Burnham, listen to this. 
Last week against Hamilton, two touchdowns. Week 14 against Montreal, 104 yards and a touchdown. Week 13 against Ottawa, touchdown. Week 11 against Saskatchewan, touchdown. Week 10 against Toronto, touchdown. He didn't have one in week 9, but week 8 against Calgary, touchdown. He is on a hell of a run when it comes to scoring touchdowns. And touchdowns are good? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I mean, I did post the fifth highest score in, in CFL Fantasy last week, so they Canada. must be okay. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> I had right. to work it in. <laughs> Let's talk about the Tiger Cats. Brandon Banks set to return to that receiving core, which is big. Not so good for people that want to pick Mike Jones. Hey, maybe maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe Brandon Banks opens up some room for him. Uh, Jamal Westerman is day-to-day, and Terrence Tolliver is actually under concussion protocol after Anthony Thompson's hit. Late, dirty hit on him last week. Thompson, by the way, has been fined. I also find this piece of news interesting about the Tiger Cats. They actually say they're only going to be dressing two quarterbacks the rest of the season to save money on the salary cap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an, That's a Montreal it's move. Kind of, there's only five games left, but it's kind of risky. Oh, I, there's no chance I would ever do that. Yeah. You, you're one hit away from your season being over. Well, if Mazzoli gets hurt, their season is over either way. Yeah. I, well, I don't know how many times I've said it, but in this league... You need a viable. You need a viable backup. Like without Jonathan Jennings, where would BC BC be right now? Yeah, and that it's but a good thing he that started they kept the year. Both. He started the year, so then Lule came in, and they they were able to win some games, and Lule got hurt, so Jennings came back in. Um, you know, Calgary basically only uses two quarterbacks in an entire game anyway. Um, I, I it can be done. I I don't like it. I I, I just it it comes it. I I'm gonna relate it to or compare it to like the CFL fantasy website where you don't have to start a defense just save on the cap that's they're basically that's what they're doing they're they're going to have they're going to have the the minimum amount of guys but they're going to skimp on a position so if there is no Terrence Tolliver maybe there is a uh, room for Mike Jones to still be getting some targets mm-hmm. in this one but it is between Luke Tasker um, Brandon Banks here. Getting it's the, not like tall. It's not like Tolliver gets the ball a lot, anyways. Yeah, you know what? He started the season well, uh, coming back off of the ACL, mm-hmm. but he hasn't found the form that he had before he got hurt, anyway. No, and you know, with this with this team with you know a three headed monster, kind of with this Alex Green, Luke Tasker, and Brandon Banks, um, they, they were still able to produce, but I mean, the ball's not really getting spread out. It, it kind of limits your options, and then. Last week, you know, Mike Jones is able to get open on those two deep balls and, and give them another option. And you always think that Terrence Tolliver at some point is going to be able to break out of this. And now we're not going to see him. So I don't know how big of a loss it is with how he was producing uh, in the last couple weeks. Well, and now Alex Green has been placed on the six-game injured list for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So I'm going to keep John White in my lineup for the next little while mm-hmm. here because he's affordable. And I think for the next few weeks, there's going to be a really nice, affordable backfield that you can employ in your fantasy lineup. And I really like John White. He had a touchdown last week. They gave him 16 carries. And if he continues to get that amount of carries, why wouldn't you pick him? 
Oh, for sure. If he's going to get carries and produce, you you have to put him in your lineup. Who are you picking? I'm taking Hamilton. BC's coming across country. Uh, you know, three hour time difference. It's just it's got the writing writing or it's cut the script for for them to split this home and home. Yeah, I got the Thai Cats as well. Uh, the Lions have struggled on the road this season, and it's quite possible that that continues here in this one. Got to say thank you to our friends at ATB Financial. They actually launched a podcast this month called We Are Alberta. It's hosted by Nick Ford, who explores Alberta's geography, its business organizations, and its diverse and fascinating people, all viewed through an economic lens. Uh, The first episode looks at how cannabis legalization will affect Alberta's economy. So, some interesting stuff from our friends at ATB. And I actually went and I made a deposit this morning. And uh, you you do that? You do this thing where you make a deposit. What? You actually do that in person? Well, here's the thing. I had a check, and I wanted cash for it instead of putting it in the machine. Uh, uh, they're having a contest right now where if you deposit money, you can win $20,000. So <laughs> if I no, get that not call, to. we're going to have some fun at the Grey Cup, man. <laughs> I plan on not remembering much from Grey Cup. I haven't had a drink since, like, August 24th. So Nice. So we'll you'll look, be a nice we'll little cheap out. drunk. Oh, no, no, because I'll make sure that I'm, like, I'll get home, you know, uh, division final Sunday, and I'll start working my way back up. (laughs) You haven't had a drink for over a month? I know, right? That's actually impressive, Ty. I'm proud of you. Morden, Manitoba, 18 churches, one liquor store. Uh, we move into Edmonton, which if Ty was here, he'd be having a hell of a time at this game. The Esks are six-and-a-half-point favorites as the Bombers are in town. Now, it, not much separates, I, I would say, the bottom four teams in the CFL's West Division. The Bombers, six and seven, last in the West. The Esks, seven and six, but third in the West. We start with the visiting team. Adam Big Hill and Andrew Harris should be go good to go this Saturday, but not so much for Nick Dembski. And there's a new name being mentioned from Winnipeg practice this week. Charles Nelson is his name. He's seeing reps on returns in practice and very well could be seeing some time on offense. I'm not saying uh, to get him in your lineup. I'm assuming if they even get him on the website, he would be $2,500. But as usage in the season goes on, maybe they give this kid a look uh, as we wrap up this season. And sometimes... Late, and I especially find this in CFL Fantasy, there are a lot of diamonds in the rough that can come out and really make an impact the last few weeks of the season. So, hey, Charles Mm -hmm. Nelson might be one of those guys just saying maybe keep a lookout for him. But I got to say, Bomber fans probably feeling a lot better about this game with Big Hill and Andrew Harris in the lineup. And Harris historically has done really good against the Edmonton Eskimos. He is the Eskimo killer. Uh, he averages 21 points against Edmonton in his career. That's unreal. 21. 
<laughs> oh, that that is a big number. He averages 18 overall, which is really hard to do, but a little bit of a bump mm-hmm. against the Eskimos. Hey, Matt Nichols even averages over 20 points against his old team in Edmonton. Darvin Adams, a little bit of a maintenance day for him on Tuesday. He's going to be in the lineup, one of the most consistent Winnipeg uh, receivers. Dressler, uh, he'll be there. And Ken Brell Tompkins is a name I'm really beginning to like in Winnipeg. Uh, he seems mm-hmm. to be trending up. Uh, he had a big game last week. He had uh, 90, 90 some yards. He was their leading receiver, and he's very cheap in CFL fantasy. And I've actually got him in my lineup. Do you have any other bombers on your radar? I have the defense. Oh, I'm go- I'm taking a flyer. Edmonton likes to throw the ball. Uh, this Winnipeg defense loves to be ball hawks, so I'm really open for some turnovers. Yeah, and you know what? Edmonton's been turning the ball over at some bad times. I do think they're probably a little bit better at home than they are on the road, but maybe you got something going on there. Uh, in Edmonton, $2 hot dogs, $5 beers. Do I need to say more? That is really, really awesome. <laughs> I, might, I might be booking a flight. <laughs> they, also come, they also make a pair of signings. Brandon Thompson he was maybe their best defensive back at some point last year, but hurt his Achilles. They're bringing him back. They also signed linebacker Taylor Reed. Uh, so they've now got some depth at that position in Edmonton. I would not be opposed to picking any of these Eskimos this week against the Bombers. C.J. Gable, I'm not so sure about him anymore in the fantasy lineup. I don't think the uh, the production equals out to the price mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, Gable. Duke, I like. Bryant Mitchell, now it's pretty safe that he is the number two option in that Eskimo offense. Riley does his thing. He's $14,000. Uh, do you like taking any Eskimos this week? Uh, I didn't, uh, mainly because of prices and, and you know the quarterback and receiver tandem I want to have in there, so I, I shied away, but I mean... Duke and Bryant Mitchell, they they could put up big numbers if if that defense is going to play bend don't break like they normally do and and give up the big play. So uh, there is a chance for some big points. Who's uh, winning this one? I'm taking Edmonton uh, just because they're at home and you never. Matt Nichols has been so inconsistent this year that I just don't have a lot of faith. Yeah, I got the Eskimos too. It, everything just seems a little bit too obvious here. So at this point of the week, we could all be 0-3 and uh, crying. To quote General abuse. Akbar. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this last game of the week. That's a trap game. I'm probably going to pick the Riders. But there <laughs> but is a we big know we part, shouldn't. There's a big part of me that wants to pick the Alouettes. There really mm-hmm. is. They lost their... Last year, didn't they? And they lost there the year before. So <laughs> Montreal seems to be a place where people go to play late in the season. They think they've got it done. They think they've got a home playoff game, and things just go down the toilet. I, I think a little bit could be or could have to do with what they do the night before the game. And this game's on a Sunday, so they'll be there Saturday night, baby. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Well, they did lose the one there last last year. A little bit of a different circumstance. Darian Durant was uh, mm-hmm. the starting quarterback for the Alouettes there, and seventeen sixteen was the final score. But that the way that the Rough Rider offense has played at times this season, the Alouette defense could really 
eat them up. They they really really could. I, I would not be shocked at all if they uh, go to Montreal and lose. As mm-hmm. for uh, twenty sixteen, the Riders went to Montreal and lost forty one to three. How often can you look and see that the Alouettes did that to somebody? Uh, usually only when Saskatchewan goes. <laughs> Either way, the Riders are eight and five, second in the West. The Owls three and ten, fourth in the East. The Riders are favorites here. Um, big news for their receiving core: Naaman Roosevelt will not be playing this week. They're calling it precautionary reasons. He did tweak his knee in an awkward play last game. He ended up returning in the game, which kind of surprised me. But he will not be playing in Montreal this week. So that leaves a really inexperienced receiving core. For the Riders. Yeah, uh, Jordan Williams-Lambert, rookie. Shaq Evans, not a lot of experience. Uh, they both average under 11 points. Uh, you know, I think this is the game where Marcus Thigpen is going to have to get a lot of reps and, and catch a lot of passes from the backfield uh, to kind of help these guys out and give them the chance to stretch the field because without Naaman Roosevelt in there, there's just not a whole heck of a lot of options for Kalaros. Uh, apparently, Kenny Shaw is going to get... Uh, on the roster for this one. He was a 1,000-yard receiver with the Argos a few years ago. The Alouettes do have the worst Mm -hmm. pass defense in the league, but, I mean, the Ryder pass offense does not scare anybody. I am a fan of Jordan Williams-Lambert. He scored the touchdowns. absolutely. Yeah, he scored last week. Maybe he is a good option for your lineup. He's not that expensive at all, and without Roosevelt, maybe he does see more more targets. And mm-hmm. I, I do like the potential of Shaq Evans, but he seems to be the receiver on the Riders that is dropping the most balls. He's not helping out his quarterback all that often. Sometimes there are pr- some pretty easy throws that Evans hasn't been able to connect with his quarterback on, and uh, maybe Kyron Moore gets more involved as well, who in the past few weeks... That guy's uh, shown a lot of promise. I think they got something there and more. For sure. Uh, if if anything, uh, or if nothing, a, a solid return man. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Like he has, he has, he has the skill set to bust to bust anything open. So, uh, for the Montreal Alouettes, of course, Tyrell Sutton is going out of town now. So. William Stanback remains forever our discount running back. Now, the Ryder rush defense, it's kind of evened out a little bit over the last few weeks because William Powell ran mm-hmm. for well over 140 yards on him. Andrew Harris a mm-hmm. few weeks ago ran well over 140 yards on him. So things have really evened out now. This is pretty crazy. The Calgary Stampeders, 77.9 yards given up <laughs> each week on the ground. The Riders, 94.3. But the Red Blacks, 94.5. So <laughs> things are getting really close. And that Rider defense, especially uh, uh, rushing-wise, is not as feared as maybe it was earlier in the season. That's what we call a return to the mean. We we knew we knew it wasn't going to be sustainable all year, uh, much like the Calgary defense. You know they they've shown warts. You can't do it for eighteen straight games, and this is this is just that slump that they're, that they're going through. Um, but the guys they have up there are you know some of the best in the league, and at some point it will it'll be back to that dominant pass and run defense or pass rush and run the run stopping that we've seen. Um, 
this could be the week with you know Manzel and, and an inex- inexperienced running back. So uh, you could, that that could be a really good pick. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a value pick considering the most expensive defense, but there is a chance that they could put up some points. And that being said, I think maybe the difference is the linebacking core because I would take Alex Singleton and Jameer Thurman over Cam Judge and Sam Hurl, and I really don't think No, come on, you don't mean that. (laughs) I really don't think there's another person. (laughs) Well, some Ryder fans are pretty crazy with the green glasses, but I think you would take the Stampeder linebackers in every single situation. Uh, Yep, that's a pretty safe bet. (laughs) Um, I guess stand back. I I don't mind him in your lineup just because of the price. I I can't see a situation where I would have any other Montreal Alouette. As for Saskatchewan, I mean, Jordan Williams-Lambert might be an okay bet. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to take the gamble on Caleros. Thigpen, his price is going up as well. He's not as cheap as he used to be. No, it's not fair. Because you, <laughs> you never know when fair. he's going to get used. You never know when he's going to get used. It can be it yeah, can be that. a heck of a value pick, or it can be a complete waste. Yeah, he can have one rush for eighty yards and a touchdown, and nothing else. Yeah, and as much as I complain about that, Chris Jones doesn't give a bleep about any fantasy numbers. He's just worried about winning football games. Yeah, that's probably last on his mind. I could think of four million things on Chris Jones's mind before fantasy numbers. So. <laughs> Does he even have the mental capacity to think of four million things? I actually don't think I do. Um, I don't think I do. Um, who are you locking in here as your pick? Because you don't even have it on the sheet here. I don't think you've decided. To shock the world, the Montreal Alouettes at home. Manziel gets his first win as a starting quarterback in the CFL. Man, he has Lock not. it in. Will he have a touchdown pass in this one? No. I am putting this as my four for confidence. What? On our pick Yes. That's how sure I am. Because this is such a crapshoot of a game on a Sunday going across country with an offense that can't do a thing, Montreal wins this game. This is your lock of the week. Yeah. Uh, hey, my lock of the week last week was New England over Detroit, and they got spanked <laughs> by 20 points. So take it for what it's worth. I am uh, really nervous about picking the Riders. Right now I'm going to mark it down as Saskatchewan <laughs> because – they were able to get over the the Toronto because game you're a last fool. week. <sighs> I got the Riders right now. That, that's all I'm going to say. What's your fantasy sheep. lineup looking like? I got Jonathan Jennings and Brian Burnham. I, I've actually been changing it during the podcast. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andrew Harris in there tentatively as long as he's going to play. William Stanbeck because of the, the value pick on that. I left Bagleton in. Jordan Williams Lambert, uh, you know, should be a target monster with Roosevelt out and the Montreal defense I have changed to instead of Winnipeg. Ooh, all right. I am all in. I'm going to wear my Peter Della Riva shirt <laughs> on Sunday because I got the day off. And I'm just going to crush Coke and Toffafes and chips and watch football all day. I love how you've replaced alcohol with. <laughs> 
Twice as much Coke, a box of Toffee Fay, and like two different bags of massive old Dutch chips. I love that. No, I go Lay's because they're better. They're better for dipping. Ooh, you go for the Lay's. You know what? For dipping, I will go for the Ruffles regular. Uh, No, the Lay's wavy are really good. Those are good? Okay. Yeah, and and they're they're pretty salty. Yeah, you can't go wrong with salt. It's a big selling point for me. I don't know if you've known this. <laughs> oh, man. So my fantasy lineup right now, as it stands, is Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, John White. I got Martise Jackson locked in right now, actually. Uh, Reggie Bagleton, Duke Williams, Kenbrell Tompkins, and the Rough Rider defense. That leaves me with $17 left. How much money are you playing with? 518 Yeah, this $17, I might just, for the first time, maybe second time all year, just leave my lineup alone. Yeah, like you got a pretty low number. You I got do. You by 501 bucks. <laughs> so you're going to be messing with yours right up until game time. I know you are. Nope, just closed it. All right. You're Not going to check it again. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I mean, the average house cat is stronger than I am. (laughs) We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. So many different shows in the network, man. You can sign up uh, for the newsletter at albertapodcastnetwork.com. There's a stories and storytelling podcast uh, section on there. How about makeshift stories? Every two weeks? It's a journey into the improbable, speculative fiction, sci-fi, and fantasy stories for all ages. Alan V. Fair Hare is uh, the creator of Makeshift Stories. So check out that podcast, our podcast, and more at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Brazilian Ty, are you going to repeat your success this week in CFL Fantasy? Ha! <laughs> You know, you, you've given up before it's even started. Dude, I, I hit my high score, so I, I, I got nowhere to go but down. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, good luck this week. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription on iTunes. We're on pretty much uh, every podcast platform. If you're hearing this still and we're not on a platform you want us on, hit us up. Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. We will be back bright and early Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.